0: It's election day in Kenya and we bring you the cost of the election on the Kenyan economy and also the task ahead for the next Kenyan president. Good morning Africa and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa, I'm Ritha Dong. For more follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. In no other Kenyan election has the economy been such a key subject, not just for those seeking power but for voters too. There have been jitters of the impending change of government which has seen lower investor confidence. So as Kenyans head to the polls today, Chachi Logutu, IC group economist and senior research analyst joins us for this episode. What effect has the political season had on the Kenyan economy and also the private sector?
1: I think in terms of the effects of the current political season, uh, there are some nuances around that issue. As one is that there are a number of other factors that are playing out that has also had an impact to the private sector. We have elections, we had the Russia-Ukraine war, and the negative impact even locally. Uh, We are also coming out of COVID. So there are a number of issues that we cannot even pinpoint that this specific one is attributed to the uh, electioneering period Uh, that's coming to an end sometime this coming week. So by having said that, uh, we can say that to a large extent, the Political noise has created a wait-and-see attitude amongst the private sector players. Uh, right now, uh, business investment decisions, some of them have been delayed uh, as the private sector weighs on the outcome of the election. And it was just the other day when the Central Bank of Kenya, when it had its monetary policy de- decision, they interviewed a number of the CEOs locally. And what came out is that uh, there was uh, a spilling that businesses, opportunities will rebound. Most of the CEOs were not just looking at this particular event, they're just looking past the event. So there's a bit cautiously optimistic that this event will be uh, the coming political election. Uh, the election that is coming up uh, might be uneventful an, an uh, in the sense that probably this time around, we may not have uh, post-election violence. So And that's a big concern to the private sector players. So this time round, uh, they are seeing that uh, the security agencies, uh, they, 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 their guard is quite high. Uh, they are on high alert to ensure that the risk for post-election violence is at a minimal. So that uh, they are looking at. Uh, so this, that wait and see attitude before the election that is coming up, but also they are optimist uh, that after the election. Things will bounce back in the next three months. So, by and large, I think the usual wait and see attitude to see which is the upcoming regime coming in uh, before now, they can be able to weigh uh, in a more durable manner the investment decisions going forward.
0: This presidency has been marred by economic strife and some of the highest debt Kenya has ever seen. What economic challenges does the new presidency have in turning around the current state
1: of economic affairs? I think a number of issues. Uh, Will be the entry in the incoming government. Uh, Just to link them in no particular order, I think three comes to mind. Uh, The first one, undoubtedly, is corruption. That's the biggest dragon in the Kenyan political arena, in the Kenyan public sector arena. So that needs to be slayed, and it's not lost even amongst the leading candidates that that is a main issue amongst Kenyans. Kenyans are worried that the weight of corruption has burdened a number of Kenyans. The negative impact of corruption has weighed largely on Kenyans. So that is one thing that the next government needs to tackle head on, just to ensure that uh, their credibility is enhanced and just to live to the fullest their campaign Rhetoric. So they need to slay the dragon of corruption. So that's first and foremost an important issue. The second one is undoubtedly around the public debt issue. Right now we are looking at a seventy percent public debt stock as a percentage of GDP. It's quite high. And also on the other side we are seeing that even the debt servicing, the interest payment, and also the debt redemptions, is gobbling around two thirds of the overall ordinary revenue collected in any given year. So it will be upon the incoming administration to ensure that the public debt level from a level perspective, the level of public debt talk, and also the servicing of that debt is brought to sustainable level because at this trend that we are going, we may now be not be able to achieve some of the goals that they have come up with we've heard from both sides of the two leading candidates, they have some grandiose pet projects. So the only way that they can be able to achieve that is to ensure that even the public debt is built to a more sustainable level. And with that, they can now be able to have the fiscal headroom to implement some of the projects that they have announced during this whole campaign period. And lastly, I think uh, one thing that they will need to be alive the the need to focus on is around the subsidies and the fuel subsidy. We are at a we are at a at a point in time whereby the fuel subsidy has is not sustainable. Granted, we are getting, just to give you some context, we are getting five shillings and 40 cents, which is supposed to get into the subsidy program, but yet in any given month you are paying 50 shillings uh, in terms of subsidies. That's not sustainable. Where is the 45 shillings coming out from? It's coming from the budget. So some of the priority programs have been shelved off, at least to ensure that this subsidy is, on, is still on track. The next government needs to look at itself in the mirror first day when it comes to the office and just say, no, this is not sustainable. They may just need to find a way of ensuring that this fuel issue is sorted out in a more sustainable manner. Subsidies is not, subsidies is now removing, it's it's just inefficient allocation of capital. So at the point, the next government will address that. I think it will be able to ensure that uh, even our fiscal remains at a more balanced place or not precarious as they are looking at. So that's one of the things that they will need to Uh, focus on, at least within the first three months when they assume office.
0: That was Chachilogutu, IC Group Economist and Senior Research Analyst. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast, the annual inflation rate in Ethiopia eased for the second straight month to 33.5% in July of 2022 from 34% in the previous month. It's the lowest reading since November last year amid a slowdown in prices of Food. Meanwhile, non-food inflation picked up on a monthly basis. Consumer prices increased by 3.1%, decelerating from a 4.5% rise in the previous month. The annual inflation rate in Tunisia accelerated for the 10th straight month to 8.2% in July of 2022 from 8.1% in the month prior. It's the highest reading since October of 1991. Mainly on account of prices of food and non alcoholic beverages, furnishings, and clothing and footwear. Meanwhile, inflation slowed sharply for alcoholic beverages and tobacco. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up 1%, followed by a 0.7% increase in the previous month. Foreign exchange reserves in South Africa increased to $59.51 billion in July of 2022 from $58.92 billion in the previous month. The latest figure is the highest since April, mainly due to liquidity management swaps and matured sterilization foreign exchange swaps. The increase in gross reserves also benefited from valuation adjustments due to asset price movements, although this was partially offset by the decline in the US dollar, gold price, as well as foreign exchange payments made on behalf of government. And a quick look at the markets. The Food and Agriculture Organization Food Price Index declined 8.6% month of a month to 140.9 points in July of 2022, the steepest fall since October 2018. Prices of cereals dropped 11.5%, led by a 14.5% decrease in wheat cost. as seasonal availability from ongoing harvest increased and the agreement has been reached between Ukraine and the Russian Federation to unblock Ukraine's main Black Sea ports, Also, the vegetable oil price index was 19.2% lower due to falling prices across palm, soy, rapeseed, and sunflower oils. At the same time, the cost of sugar went down 3.8%, the third consecutive monthly decline and reaching a five-month low. Looking farther, prices of dairy decreased by 2.5% with quotations for skim milk powder declining the most, followed by those of butter and whole milk powder principally reflecting lackluster market activities in Europe due to the summer holidays. The meat index went down 0.5% past month on month decline, following six consecutive monthly increases. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at kfinancial. and you can find me at the DOM.